In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. Are you ready? Let's make some noise. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. I am Roy Burton. Alongside me, as always, my tag team partner and a man who holds a grudge longer than one Bret Hart, one Chris Domingo is with me. Mr. Domingo, how are you doing, as always, during this pandemic, this air cope Saturday morning, sir? Well, I understand, Roy, that you've never stopped me from working for the rest of my life. But apparently, um, this, like, this whole vendetta with Bret Hart and Bill Goldberg, it runs deep. It runs deeper than the confidence issues of one Ben Simmons. Like, I don't like, I, I don't know, because I feel that like, sorry to start this show off no. with this, but like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel that this, <laughs> whenever Bret Hart has a chance to, has an opportunity to speak, he will like, he could be speaking about, um, I don't know, like the tourism in Japan, and he'll say, oh, how about that time Bill Goldberg hit me in the head? <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, like, that, like, but I feel that, like, I don't know, it, this, it really has, like, I feel like the more interviews I, I watch of Brad, it feels like he feels like, I don't know, his life, like, I don't know, because wrestling was his life. I, I mean, he's come, he comes from a, he's a third, third generation wrestler. That was his life, and it was taken away, and, it, and I feel like, I don't know, if Brett will ever get closure on that. Like, I don't know. It, it's been almost 20 years since that. No, oh God, over 20 years since, since that incident. I don't think he'll get over this, unfortunately. I bring up the Bret Hart thing because, again, like Bret Hart, you hold a grudge against a particular athlete, which we'll talk about later in the show. <laughs> and speaking of said athlete. Happily, happily, <laughs> hap no, like, I don't know. This isn't one of you. Know, like, you know that, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, like that whole funeral meme, like the guy in the trench coat, that's me. Like, I know you can put my head on that whenever Ben Simmons is struggling or goes minus 26 in his first game. He could go minus five in a game, and, and, and you can put that up for me. And speaking of said athlete, I got the vice president, or we have the vice president, of said <laughs> yes. Ben Simmons hater club on with us as well. Our good friend, writer, journalist, novelist, Chris Stevens is with us today. Chris, how's it going, man? Hey, Chris. How's it going, guys? And if Chris is... Bret Hart with Goldberg, then I absolutely am. Hmm. I mean, I don't know who holds a grudge to that extent. No, you, no, no, because I think everyone, if, if, if we took some truth serum, not to my level, because obviously, like, no. I'm a sicko and I've taken it, but like, I don't know, like, Roy <laughs> probably has, like, I don't know, some level of like petty hate for Bryce, Bryce Pop. Yeah, yeah, no, like, I don't know. Like, well, let's let's call a, like, a spade a spade. And everyone holds a fake sports grudge with someone who, like, I don't know, because a lot of people, like, like since baseball's in the news now, have a have a uh, hatred for Joe Carter, even though that series was was damn near decided before Joe, like, I, 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 right after Joe hit that home run. But, like, I don't know. Like, CJ probably has a couple. Well, I was, and since we're talking baseball, there is a particular Philadelphia athlete who also attended uh, Louisiana State University that I'm pretty, that's pretty much on my not good list right now. And we'll get to that in a minute, obviously. Yeah, no, no. We all have our grudges. Again, we all have our hate, much like Ben Hart. Bret Hart has his hate. I mean, this is like, that's nuclear level hate. But we will talk about that. We'll talk about the positive stuff in Philadelphia sports as well, because a lot of positive things going on. Philly's in the playoffs, you're in the playoffs. 
Uh, the Eagles are, are 6-0. and So a lot of good stuff happening in the Philadelphia sports scene. So we'll get into that as well. So, again, it's not all doom and gloom and negativity here on the Broad Street, Broad Street Line here on Philly Cam Radio. Before we get into all that, though, I do have a very special read because this is a very special month for Philly Cam. This is People Power Media Fest at Philly Cam, which is a month-long multimedia experience curated under one unique theme. And the theme for this year is building community power. So this is all the ways that grassroots media like Philly Cam can make their collective impact known through Philly Cam Radio, which we're on right now, or through Philly Cam TV station and all the other um, avenues that Philly Cam operates in as well. So please do your do us a favor, go to phillycam.org or specifically go to ppmfest.org to learn more about Philly Cam. Philly Cam is Philly Cam is the one who allows us to do what we do here at the Broad Street Line. We've been doing it here for, I think it's six years now. It's like the sixth six anniversary of the, of the radio station. So I think we've been doing this, doing this for six years. They allow us to do our tomfoolery here, talk about Ben Simmons and all sorts of kind of good stuff and, and bring on bring on guys like uh, Chris as well to join us. So please do us a solid. Check out phillycam.org. Check out ppmfest.org. And learn how you can uh, and learn more about the mission here at Philly Cam Radio. We got a lot to get to. We're going to get to it. But before we do that, as we always like to do, thank you guys, as always, for listening to us and supporting us wherever you listen to us, whether it's on Philly Camp, 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia, or wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, YouTube Music, Spotify. Just do a search for the Broad Street Line. Download us to your phone, your iPad, your computer, your MP3-enabled device. Listen with us. Listen at home or take us with you on the go. We are a very, very accessible station. All three of us are on Twitter. Uh, Chris Domingo is at SKD215. Uh, Mr. Stevens is CJ Writes in Things. I got that right, correct? Writes in yep. Things, letter N in Things. Yeah, and, and if am, you guys are ever looking yes. for me, just know that Roy is going to get me out of here for some foolishness at some point in time. So just look out for my screen name after that. <laughs> You've been pretty good, man. Like I've, I've been going through, like, like you think, you know, I don't go back into the archives. But I go back in the archives because I was thinking the other day, I'm like, you know what? Like, Chris, either you delete your tweets after you send them or what? <laughs> Or maybe I missed a couple, but I'm like, man, it's been a couple of weeks before I had to like pull out like the Steve Austin getting arrested meme or, or anything. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I've been slipping. Maybe I'm slipping. I got to get back on that. Um, I am at the BS line. Obviously, all three of us will be, will be tweeting about probably the Phillies this weekend. But before we get to the Phillies, I do want to talk some football. And, and Chris Stevens, I want to ask you a question. Since you are an Eagles outsider, you're not an Eagles fan. You're an outsider. So you can have a more reasoned take on all of this than all of us who are wrapped up in the 6-0 and start. I'll just ask a simple question. Are the Eagles for real? Yes. Short answer is yes. Long answer is I would like to see some more consistency from the secondary, which, of course, is in flux with different guys being hurt and different things of that nature. But that front sevens is as nasty as you're going to find that isn't in a SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Like, I really love the Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis thing they have going on up front. And the linebackers, which have been a point of consternation for Eagles fans for a long time, actually seem pretty solid this year. So with the Eagle defense, you know, catching up to speed and Jalen Hurts being as good as I thought he was going to be, I was never in the Jalen Hurts hater club. I thought that kid was special from the time he left Alabama and went to Oklahoma and just had himself a well of a year. I said, somebody's getting a steal. And it turned out to be the Eagles. So looking at the NFC East at this point, Yes, the Giants are five and one, but it's a fool's goal five and one. I mean, obviously, under new coach, they play harder. And as we know in sports, sometimes that can make a difference, but I don't see the Giants sustaining that start. Cowboys, meanwhile, four and two. Gotta wonder how they're gonna respond with that coming back under center because Cooper Rush absolutely turned into a pumpkin against the Eagles this past Sunday night. So other than that, feels like the Eagles can win the NFC East. The rest of the NFC, like I said, I'm not sure about the Vikings. NFC West is a mess. NFC South is up for grabs. So the Eagles look like the very best team in the NFC right now through the first third of the season. And that's what you want at this point. And I feel like this is a team that could, if they get home field, you put two games in Lincoln Financial Field, not too many teams are going to come out there with a win. So I like the Eagles' chances going forward. Uh, the Eagles look pretty good, and they look pretty good uh, this past weekend. Mr. Domingo, let me ask you, since we always do this after wins, this is the sixth time we've had a win to celebrate this this year. So I'll ask you, Again, who gets the game balls from the past game? We won't go into detail, but again, let's kind of break down the 26-17 victory over the Cowboys. Who gets your two game balls from, from last Sunday? I'll have to give it – if I had to give the first game ball, I'm giving it to Big Play Slay. I mean, like, it is – it is it, – it's a sight to see. 
a secondary that's I, I don't know like because <laughs> it hasn't had like I, I mean the amount of turnovers that this team is forcing is like it hasn't been seen in ten years. Like I don't remember the last time that that uh that an Eagles team had this many has what a plus twelve turnover ratio. Like I don't know. Like that's for me that's like I don't know. Like other than the fact that Jalen Hurts for me has I don't know like just knocked it out of the park has exceeded every like every expectation or prediction I had him. I still go back to he just doesn't turn the ball over and like I don't know. But he's not at but he's not risk averse either. Like, I don't know where he's like scared to turn the ball over. He just, I don't know. Like, I don't like, that's where I, I think that like, I don't know, people like are like trying to like, I don't know, say, Oh, oh, they need to like, I don't know. Like maybe they need to be more dynamic on offense. Do they? <laughs> like, I, I mean, you can't ride this formula to, to a, like to a deep playoff run. And if I think like, I'll keep giving him that the game ball. Like, I don't know every, every week until they don't deserve one offensive line I, I mean like I don't know like I I understand that like I don't know like Lane Johnson was out like I don't know for the second half and Jack Driscoll like I don't know but to to be fair to him I I mean who doesn't look bad when they're playing Ch- uh, Michael Parsons I'll say Chandler Parsons but <laughs> when but when they needed a drive like and this is the second week it happened remember in Arizona in the fourth quarter when I, I mean third quarter apparently like I don't know just feels like I don't know they're 7 a.m. where they're just like I don't know if it's just a letdown from just their unreal second quarters but I, I mean like they look asleep in the third quarter but in, but when it's like I don't know like like I don't know like go time they they put a, together a drive namely just running and just like put the game away so I, I mean the offensive line regardless of who's in is just I don't know coming through you know, the O-line's been playing well. As you mentioned, the defense has been playing well. Darius Slay got your game ball. The Eagles, 14 takeaways this year, uh, nine interceptions, five fumble recoveries, two giveaways. They lead the league in both. And that was the first time. I think that's the second time since the merger that a team has led the league in both takeaways and fewest giveaways through six weeks of the season. So, again, it's a very rare – they're a very rare company. When no, Roy, they are – no, Roy, they are checking off every box that you want from a – from a championship contender. They don't turn the ball over. They they get turnovers. They don't give up big plays, like explosive plays on defense. And I would say that like I don't like like I think that they're in like the the top five in explosive pass plays. Like so but I think uh, what but these are off explosive pass plays are coming off of their their running game. And I think that I think people were maybe not expecting them because I think with, like, A.J. Brown and, like, I don't know, the weapons they had, they're, like, they're going to be a primarily pass offense. They're not. They, like, the strongest part of this team is the offensive line. And you'd be foolish not to run everything off of that running game. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Again, the, the running game, especially the great Miles Sanders, the elite <laughs> Miles Sanders, is the key to said running game. Um Chris Stevens, let me ask you a question. And, and again, you said you're a believer in Jalen Hurts. And again, Jalen Hurts has made you know a lot of fools out of a lot of people so far this season. Jalen Hurts, as of now, and again, this is you know very early to say, but he is on pace for nearly 4,300 yards, which is nice, a nice number. 17 touchdowns, which is a little, little low, whatever. Well, 17 passing touchdowns, I should say. Six interceptions, and also 829 rushing yards. Um, I'm not even sure how many rushing touchdowns. Probably like 15 or 12 or 13 rushing touchdowns he's on pace for. Those are pretty decent numbers, again, if you kind of round this all in the, in the, in the form. At some point, the Eagles going to have to open up that checkbook for Jalen Hurts. And if he keeps putting up these numbers like this, does he get Kyler Murray money? It sounds a little funny to say it out loud when you say hey, Jalen Hurts is dude who throws for 20 touchdowns a year is going to get 40, 45 million dollars a year. But is that about what we should expect to see Jalen Hurts get paid? There are three quarterbacks that I can think of that would probably deserve a Kyler Murray payday. One is Josh Allen. One is Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. And number three is Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about what this kid has done and just the it's night and day from his arm last year and this year. No, he's still not going to give you the yet watch me throw a football over these mountains type of spiral. But <laughs> as Chris said, he does not make mistakes. And in a game where momentum turns 180 so fast, yeah. when you can have a guy that just can hold on to the ball 
and make the right play. It doesn't, I mean, how many guys are going to throw for 40, 50 touchdowns a year, realistically? Maybe two or three. Right. Other than that, you want a guy that's going to manage your offense that can that, and that's still capable of a big play, either with his legs or his arm, and Jalen Hurts is that guy. So Jeffrey Lurie, I mean, that Hollywood producer money, man, you got to come up off it if you want to, you know, keep this train rolling. Because, I, I mean, I'm a Jalen Hurts fan. I feel like he's, as Chris said, exceeded every expectation to date. As, if he can continue this pace throughout the season, there's really no reason why the Eagles can't get that man to bag because he has earned it, especially if they go far in the playoffs. Speaking of the bag, Miles F. Sanders is on pace for 1,373 yards. What, a plastic bag? Oh, what, you mean like an Aldi bag? Does Miles Sanders go into Howie Roseman's office with the ski mask, Mr. Domingo, <laughs> and get paid this summer? I'm just asking the question. Oh, I'm sorry, this winter. This winter. Excuse if, me. If, if Miles Sanders goes into Howie Roseman's office with a ski mask, it's called security. Because it's probably like, oh, like, you know, Miles is acting crazy. Like, no, like, no, like, no, no, no. The Eagles are going to have a litany. I always like using that word, litany. I would even say, what's even higher than litany? A lot. A buttload of free agents this season. Miles got to go into the, the back, 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 back of the line. No, like, I don't know. Like, even though, like, I don't know, like, even though he's having a great season, his best, like, he's still not, he's still not the guy who's like, I don't know, like, getting the, the, like, the, the brunt of the carries in the fourth quarter. They're splitting it up because, like, he's not a run the clock out guy. He's not. And like I don't you, know, like you just said, you just told me. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you up. I hate doing that. But you just said the running game is important. It's probably the most important part of this offense: controlling the ball, matriculating the ball down the field. You know, time of possession, 35 minutes a game. Miles Sanders is your leading rusher. He's one of the leading rushers in the league. How do you just not pay this dude? No, because no, because he's no, because you can find a Miles Sanders on the street, and where, I will. Where, where, uh, where is a Miles Sanders? Where no, don't they stop Miles called, Sanders? I'm telling you, if, if you put. If there was a reality show with like these <laughs> offensive linemen not like singing in a Christmas carol, you brought guys off the. Sh- I'm telling you, that's okay. how that's All how right. great this offensive line is, Roy. You don't think that you could plug in a guy to do Miles Sanders' job? I don't it, think it, 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 I in the second round of the draft. Fall out of bed and get a guy. Just like I don't think Rando, Rando second run, second round running back can be Miles Sanders. Like Miles Sanders is good, but I, I'm not saying you can't find him. I'm not saying you can just like fall out of the bed and find one, find a guy. That's all I'm saying. So, so w- w- like you're the cat manager. Yes. What, what are you, what are you going to set do? I, well, we've talked about this last week and I'll, I'll kind of bring it up this week for this, this week's audience. I, I give them a reasonable offer. Like, look, here's like three and 20. All right. I can't give you more than like seven a year. I mean, that's like, you know, whatever. I ain't doing that. Like I'll, I'll go find me a rando running back. Who's not like 38 years old, like Melvin Gordon. Here's three and 20. Make this work. If this don't work, then I'll go explore this. But I'm not going to shut the door on Miles Sanders. Because Miles Sanders is a pretty decent running back. But but at that, but at that rate, you're what are what are you giving up? What are like what yeah, are you, you not? Can't re, yeah, you can't re, you can't either resign or so you'd rather so you'd rather sign Miles Sanders to a an like a, to an above average rookie uh, uh, running back extension than keep Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or James Bradbury. No, 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 no. I know. I figured out how to cut, cut some of that fat off that line. Figure out what to do with that because you ain't paying Derek Barnett next year. I doubt you pay Brandon Graham next year. I don't know. Are you yeah. playing fat, like, like, is Fletcher Cox back? Is Javon Hargrave back? Like, uh, like if, if you had a choice between Javon Hargrave or Miles Sanders, I'm not a fan of either. Who are you picking? Oh, no, I, I send the pod to, to Javon Hargrave's house. To, I, I pay for the pod, put it in his driveway. I'm like, yeah, man, load this up. <laughs> the Miles no. Sanders, like, did you do a car show in, like, in, in, like Sicklerville where Miles Sanders was? Like, and did he sign, like, a football for you? Like, is there a football behind you that has I, – I, I don't understand. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it's not Ben Simmons level hate, but, right. God, I, like, he, Miles Sanders drives me nuts. Like, I don't know, because he swear like, he does this every game where he just tries to bounce everything back. Don't! This offensive, like, I'm telling you, they are, he's still leaving meat on the bone. He's still. I understand. I get it. But, again, you're 6-0, and man. Like, I don't want to upset this apple cart. Like, he's in a very important part of this 6-0. and 
he's a more important part of the six another than Javon Hargrave, in my opinion. I think in everybody's opinion, he's more important than Javon Hargrave. Give me, give me a guy I got to think about, and then we can have a discussion. Like I can, like I'll say this: I knock Brandon Graham a lot. Brandon Graham, according to PFF, you can believe PFF if you want. Brandon Graham's PFF grade is 90 this year, which is unbelievable, especially unbelievable for a guy his age. So I want to see Miles Sanders' PFF grade. Well, you know, we don't, we're not here to talk about grades, all right? We're here to talk <laughs> about their impact on the field and what they do on the field. I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here, but but seriously, uh, Mr. Stevens, let me let me go back to you. You see Miles Sanders. You see the impact that – you see what the Eagles running game is doing on, on this team. More important on this team, shoring up that running game for the next few years or, you know, shoring up that defensive line. Hmm. I would, just said I, this front seven. The front seven's been been doing some stuff. Well, the whole eleven really has been, has been doing something this year. So, honestly, I would. You can if you can get Jordan Davis to a point where he becomes the the version of Jerome Brown, God rest his soul, that Eagles fans never got to see. Then yeah, you can get away with paying, paying Miles Sanders. I would say because a guy like Davis, that big, six six, what is he like three forty, three fifty ish? Yeah, three forty ish. Yeah. Yeah, you could you if you can put that big hoss, as we used to call offensive linemen back <laughs> linemen back in the day, a hoss. If you could put hoss a hoss like Jordan Davis in the middle as your, you know, heir apparent to Fletcher Cox, put a couple active DEs around him, keep your linebackers shored up, then yeah, you can pay Miles Sanders, absolutely. Because at what point, like you I mean, Chris says that you can find any running back off the street. I'm not I'm not so sure because when you think about how Zeke Elliott just absolutely fell off a cliff the last two years, it run, the running back position in the NFL is a tenuous one. So if you have a guy that you know is consistent, even though he where he, he can bounce it to the outside when he really just needs to follow behind the you know. Where'd they get to, guys? Where'd they get Tony Pollard in the fifth round? Let me get my chances in the fifth round. <laughs> because they do such a great job drafting running backs. Like there were all these guys who drafted. No, no Roy, can you agree that like finding a running back in the later rounds is probably one of the easier tasks oh, of building an NFL? No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with that. I'm I'm more I'm more so playing devil's advocate more than that, more than anything. But that being said, I'll probably prioritize figuring out what to do with Miles Sanders, aka bringing him back, than I would again a Javon Hargrave or I don't know. I could well, no, 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 like like, would you bring back Miles Sanders over Fletcher Cox? See, now, now you got me thinking. See, before you were like, okay, who do you pick? Eddie Kingston? Or do you pick, I don't know, anybody else on the AEW roster? Obviously, it's anybody else on the AEW roster over Eddie Kingston. Miles Sanders not, is Eddie Kingston to me. No, no, He's the mad not, king to me. That's not a decision. Mad King Sanders. <laughs> that's not a decision we say Javon Hargrave and Miles Sanders. Now you're saying, all right, you're making me pick between, like, the best European champions of all time, Shawn Michaels or D'Lo Brown. Who am I picking? I don't know. I got to think about that one for a second. Um, I, I'm of the – I don't know. It's, see, it's so hard because they're 6-0, man. It's like, yo, it's like – Yeah, like, no, no, but I feel that, like, this offseason, you're going to make – like, because at some point, rents do. Right. Like, and, yeah, like, I don't know, with, with – with the Hertz extension and just like I don't know, like like that, like twenty nine, like thankfully they, thankfully they locked up a good amount of these. Like I don't know, like right. at, at some point you're gonna have to, like I don't know, like I like, but I think he's the kind of guy that you make, like I don't know, every like you beg every year for him to come back, Jason Kelsey. Like I don't know, he's the heart and soul of the Eagles. Like I don't know, regardless, like you're picking Jason Kelsey almost over everyone. Yeah, yeah, because as, as much and the thing is, you can probably mitigate the loss just just by on the field play for with Jason Kelsey, you know, with the Landon Dickerson. But I mean, like you have, I mean, with the I'm um, sorry, with the Cam Jurgens. But you have, I mean, Jason Kelsey, like you said, it's a heart and soul, and you probably want to kind of prioritize that. But look, same with pay, same with yeah. Fletch. Like I, I mean, sorry, right? Like I feel that, like I don't know, you're gonna need the like I don't know, get like the like the tribunal counsel if you ever have to like I don't know, like cut one of these like. Eagles, they're legends. Like, I don't know. These are, like, Eagles legends. Fletch, BG, Kelsey. Like, I don't know. Like, like Kelsey will never have to get cut. I'll just retire. But I feel like right. – I feel at some point these guys are making so much money and are getting older. I, I mean, Brandon Grant's having I, – I I still think he's the Eagles' best pass rusher. But I feel like Fletch, like, I don't know. He's he's there for vibes. I think you, you, you said it a few <laughs> weeks back. He's there. Like, he's there to, like, I don't know. He's that OG. And you need that OG in the locker room. 
and wh- whatever the price tag is, I, I mean, like it went down a lot, but it's still high. That's how that's how ridiculous he was making. So I feel like they're gonna be. That's why this season you just need to go for it. Like I don't know. Like I, I know this was an unexpected. We weren't expect Eagles weren't supposed expected to be this good, but you got to take advantage and trade deadlines coming up. I don't know. Like I don't know how how down they're gonna be to like say okay. I don't think Von Miller's Von Miller's not available, Maybe. but <laughs> but I feel like I don't know. Like the elephant in the room is that pass rush. I, I mean, like even though they got a lot of solid dudes, solid dudes didn't get to the didn't get to the quarterback on third and eight, and I think it's like it didn't rear its ugly head against Cooper Rush, but will it rear its ugly head against Dak in a playoff game? No, that's no, that's a very good question. Speaking of Dak, Dak is back this week for those. We didn't hear the news. He's uh, recovered from his, his thumb injury. Um, the NFC playoff picture, as it stands right now, I'll just go one through seven in order. The Eagles, the Vikings, the Bucks, the Niners, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Rams. We all know the Giants are Fugazi. Uh, CJ, you said it earlier. Um, out of those teams, other than, obviously other than Eagles, out of those other six teams, what team is, is, the, is the biggest hurdle for the Eagles um, heading into the play? Well, again, we're early, but heading into the playoffs, theoretically. Still Dallas. Okay. And as much as I like I the Rams, yeah, the Rams to me are that Super Bowl hangover is something that I don't think they're going to come back from because that offensive line has looked terrible. And when you can't protect your quarterback, you're not going to go very far championship ring or not, Aaron Donald or not. So San Francisco, I still have to wonder what their offensive capabilities are, even with Debo Samuel, Minnesota Vikings, I just, I mean, we've seen enough of the Kirk Cousins movie to know how it ends. I mean, mm-hmm. Tom and Tom and Tom Brady's out here looking like the Crypt Keeper after <laughs> you know, like that man. That man can't even. That man can't even move his face. <laughs> yeah, he's like the Joker. No, I, he really has a purple smile at this point. Where, like, I, I mean, like one, I, I feel like I don't know, like. You could do a lot of things over, but God, like him just coming back this season was a, it was, is a disaster. I, I mean, mm-hmm. like, like, I, I don't know, a lot of his dirty laundry, like, I, I mean, like, all just to spite Adam Schefter or not to do laundry at home. I, I feel like, I don't know, there's just like, I don't know, like the risk was not worth the reward for Brady. And like, I don't know, that, that team has, is declined, like, is declining. Like, I don't know, they still have a lot, like, Offensive line is decimated. You got a lot of guys that are still living off that championship, like 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 every team. I, I feel like I don't know. There, it, it's one of those things in, in football. It's so hard to win a championship. We're like for a couple of years, those guys are like, like I don't know. You're not as hungry. I, I mean, the Eagles dealt, dealt with that. Like where you just you're like, okay, I'm not going to do this rep this week. I'm not going to like sacrifice this. Like I sacrificed that. And I feel like that's with Tampa, and, and I feel like I don't know, like. There aren't any world beaters. Like I don't know. I, I thought Minnesota would be good this year. I like after, and the Eagles kind of handled them. And like I don't like uh, like Chris said, it's Dallas. I feel like I don't know. Like like I don't know. I feel like it's it's setting up for a hell of a sell. Janu- late January, Dallas versus Philly. Tell everyone to stay the hell inside who's not an Eagles fan because it will get ugly regardless. If, if, if that happens, because like we're, we're really, when's the last time the Eagles played the Cowboys in a playoff game? Yeah, that yeah, it's, it's actually been been a little bit. Um, the Eagles it's, do have the late season, ninety five. I was about to say it's been was it was that the last one? That's yeah, ninety five. It was the Deion Sanders reverse game. I remember oh, that. Oh, 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 yeah, oh yeah, that was the uh, Randall Cunningham. Yeah, um, yeah. I forgot my uh, playbook in. Got it. Yeah, well, I, think, <laughs> I think I think he was having a child that week, and he just didn't take his playbook with him when he when he went home. But yeah, that was a lot. Wow, it, it seems like. I don't know because it always seems like they because they always you know play late in the season because of the way they schedule things. And they have a they have a Christmas Eve game this year, but yeah, wow, it's, it's been a while since the Eagles and the Cowboys have squared off in the playoffs. No, because Royce, I'm yeah. sorry, because Roy feels like the Eagles and the Cowboys haven't been good at the same time. No, they like haven't. I don't know, like this last week felt like the first time in a while where like that Eagles Cowboys game meant something. Yeah, and then we got Cooper Rush, who didn't want his wife to come to the game. So, I mean, how much did it mean for the Cowboys? I don't know. But anyhow, the Cowboys in, in third place. I don't talk about third place teams. I want to talk about good teams in the AFC. Is there anybody who can challenge Buffalo and KC? Like, we're going to see them in the end of January, right, CJ? Like, that's what we're going to see in the title game, right? Can't see anybody else but those two. Yeah. Okay. It's just the prob- the problem for Kansas City right now is where. 
what about that defense scares anybody? And I'm not saying that defense is bad. I'm just saying compared to what Buffalo has on their side. And Buffalo lost Micah Hyde, like the linchpin of that defense, to the neck injury. So that's going to be a tough sell. But Vaughn Miller turned down good amount of money and a good amount of sunshine to say, I want to be a three Super Bowl winner with three different teams. And when you have a guy that committed to spending January in Buffalo, (laughs) leading your defense, and you're you're probably going to, and every team that makes the playoffs is probably going to have to spend January in Buffalo. Yep. That is going to be a hard, you know, road mountain to climb. And Josh Allen or Jaheim Allen, as we like to call him in these Twitter streets, is the, uh, if Jalen Hurts isn't the MVP, it's definitely Josh Allen. So, Allen is just like one of those guys that comes along every I think Chris said it after, during the Kansas City game. Like, if you're looking to draft another Josh Allen, dream on because you're just not going to find him. That dude is extraordinary. And that Bills team, to me, if the if, if you had to make me pick a Super Bowl winner after the first third of the season, first third of the season, it is absolutely the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. Yeah, I, I would agree. With you. I think I think to build even even you know, as an Eagles fan. Even if I, you know, rank these teams like one through three, I still probably rank the Bills first. The Bills are really good, man. It's a really good football team. The Bills are on their own tier, and like, and and I think we could put like I don't know, like as as much, uh, even though they're undefeated, I still think like I don't know. There are clear, there's a there's a clear tier in the NFL. It's that Buffalo KC tier because like I don't know, like like just fix the game so that's so that's like I don't know, like the championship game. No one needs. No one needs to see. I don't know. Like I don't know. I, I can't even think of a Jet, team that Jets could. Titans? Like, you don't want to see Jets. Yeah, or, or, or no, we don't need to see. Like I don't know. Like uh, the Jets, Bills, or like I don't. I can't even tell you who the third best team in the AFC is. Because there's none. <laughs> they're all mid. They're all mid. Yeah. It is Buffalo, Kansas City, and then everybody else just blowing double digit leads and this, that, and the twenty second. That's it. Yeah. No, and I think no, and I think the reason why, like, I don't know, like, because people, like, I, I don't know, like, I, I think it's becoming apparent that, like, people are starting to see how, like, it, even though, like, I don't know, there's always bad football, but it feels like this year there's just an uh, overabundance of it, and I think it comes back to the underwhelming play of all the games that were supposed to be good. I, I mean, like, look at look at the Chargers. Remember, we thought the Chargers, were, like, remember when we talked about that vaunted AFC West. What team in the AFC West is even good besides Kansas City? Well, I mean, well, look, the, the, the Chargers are, are the fifth seed in the AFC. I don't know what that means. I mean, it's just a, it just is what it is. I mean, that puts them ahead of the Jets and the Colts. <laughs> the who Jets. Are also in the no, like I don't so know, I don't know like, what that right, means. But right now, I yeah. think if you like, I don't know, rated teams, I think the Jets are a better team, which sounds crazy. I saw something earlier today that they're saying that the Jets might be the third best team in the AFC. I don't know if that's wrong. It sounds weird. I don't know if that's com- I don't know if you can completely dismiss it. Let me put it like that. I don't no, think they because are. I feel I like I don't both. know the Jets have a very um, trap. Like I don't know, they're a very like they're a play. I can't believe I'm saying this, and I'm not drunk or high. Like I don't know. I feel like I don't know that Jets team has a trap has a playoff worthy roster where they have a fast defense. You got no like that's the type of team that goes on a random run with a bunch of young players. Quinton Williams is probably a top five defensive line play, d- defensive lineman right now. They run the ball. They got they they got ex- they got great young players. I don't like. I, I mean, like it would like I feel they're more legit than the Giants. Ooh, um, even think- though the Giants, even though the Giants, arguably have two of the most impressive wins of the season so far, and for anyone, they beat Baltimore. I know they're at home, and they beat Green Bay. Who, a bunch of choking dogs. So I'm, I'm like, and, and I feel like, I, like even though, like I don't know if Green Bay is like I, I didn't think they made the playoffs, but I think they looked this bad. But still, beating Green Bay on a neutral field is pretty impressive. But like I don't know, like I, I just feel that's a very like we've seen good teams just like no, but they're taking advantage of a bad schedule and they're coached hella great. Like I don't know, Ryan Dable is for me the not right away, but I feel like he's the clear front runner for coach of the year that team has no business being five to one four to three and three and three they should be like two and four yeah i think they're just a, a, well, i'll say just but i think they're a, a more extreme version of last year's eagles just take care of yes, the, take care of the team that you're supposed to be 
The Eagles last year, they weren't a good team, but they won all the games they were supposed to win, and they snuck into the playoffs. Like If you win all the games you're supposed to win against all these bad teams in the NFL, you're going to win nine games. You're going to win ten games. I mean, like there's enough bad teams that you can get nine and ten wins if you just take care of business. And kudos to the Giants. They've been taking care of business. Now, we'll find out whether or not – or how legit – well, Again, I don't know if we'll find out how legit this 5-1 and one is because there's like five good teams. And I don't know who the Giants play other than the Eagles twice. So other than that, I don't know who else they play that's good. So who the heck knows if we're going to know. Are like, they the making the playoffs? Like They're going to make the playoffs. They'll be like 10-7 they'll be like 10 and seven at worst, so they'll make the playoffs. Yeah. I have no idea if they're good, but they're going to beat all the no. bad teams. So the, yeah. problem, the problem with the NFL this year, there aren't any – like there, there isn't a terrible team. I don't even think that – like there aren't any terrible teams. I mean, you could see it. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons, who stink. Stink. Beat the beat the 49ers by two touchdowns. Like I don't know. Like it really is in any given like and I great I think it's great for every friend. I think it's great for every franchise that they're kind of in every game. But overall, you can't have this many mediocre teams. There's there's like I'd say twenty-two mediocre teams. That's not good. Yeah, no, it, it's not good. Uh we I do want to talk some other stuff, so we gotta move on from football. But I do want to say prayers up to Carson Wentz out four to six weeks with his fractured ring, ring finger. So shout out to all the geese and ducks out there um, in the Washington area that will live because Carson Wentz will not be able to shoot them uh, over the next month and a half. So kudos to them. Also, Deshaun Jackson signing with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm very upset about that because he could have been the answer, Chris Domingo, to the Eagles' punt return problems because Brenton Covey is trash. Deshaun Jackson should have been here for the third time to solve these issues. And then, and that request trade like he did for the Rams? No, he'll probably just get hurt in like week 11. I mean, we, we know the story. Like, we know how it's going to work. Like, my man, he'll, he'll turn, he'll he'll break a punt return, and he'll turn backwards in the end zone, start celebrating, then he'll fall back in the end zone, and like, I don't know, separate his shoulder, and then it'll be out six weeks. Like, we all, we've seen the story before. We, we know how it is. But, seriously, I do want to talk some basketball. I do want to, do want to talk some Sixers, and I do want to give the give the microphone and the platform to, to Chris Stevens here, because he is a Sixers fan, just like the rest of us. And he saw that, I don't want to say disgusting, he saw that smiley, disappointing effort against Boston in the season opener uh, this past week. He, uh, Joel Embiid looked a little bit lethargic. He had 26 and 15. Didn't look like, like the Joel Embiid that we saw that was making an MVP push last year. So, again, let me ask you the simple question again. Do the Sixers, as presently constituted, have enough to take out the top-tier teams in the Eastern Conference? No. Okay. Simply no, because – what we thought we were getting from that bench, granted, it's one game out of 82. For all, for all we know, De'Anthony Melton could be the second coming of Raja Bell. Um, Montrez Harrell could end up being what Clem Johnson was to Moses Malone in 1983. We don't know that yet. But that bench was atrocious against probably the best bench in the NBA on Tuesday night. And you had – the problem I have with the Sixers is you had to be – better than you were against the Celtics for the league to take you seriously. And they simply were not. And I don't know if that's a player issue or, and I'm going to go ahead and say this. I'm going to say this on Saturday, October 22nd, 2022. Yes. It's Sam Cassell season. Oh, oh. it's time. It's going to be time. If this team, if this team is middling along around 500 around Thanksgiving, Mm. You got you got to start. You got to make the move. You got to make the move. I mean, I mean, Glenn Rivers. I refuse to call that man Doc. I'm just not going to mm-hmm. do it. It's the principle. It's the principalities in this. <laughs> that right. If if Glenn Rivers, you know, he's a nice guy. I mean, he's had he's won a hundred games with four different franchises. All this other stuff. Stan Van Gundy gave him props for opening the door for black coaches in NBA, which is all true. Yep. But the window is closing fast. Boston, they lost their coach because he couldn't, you know, keep his pants up. And they still look like the best team in the East. Giannis is still lurking. Miami is the most annoying team in all of professional basketball because you know they will be there in the, in the end. Yep. The window to win the Eastern Conference is closing with Joel Embiid. And Harden, granted him opting out of 45, 50 million, whatever it was, to take a 34 and a half is cool. But if this team does not make the finals, I can guarantee you, is going to be Googling whichever NBA city he hasn't played in yet has the best wings at their strip club. Because it's, <laughs> it's going to be over here. And at this point, you can't just keep middling along. If yeah. this team is around 500 or not even close to Boston, Milwaukee during Thanksgiving, got to pull the trigger. 
Got to turn the team mm-hmm. over to Sam Cassell. So that's what I'm saying mm-hmm. on this fine Saturday, that if this mm-hmm. team can't pull it together, it's time to fire Glenn Rivers, period. I, I love the take. I don't, I'm don't. i not there, but I love it. I like. I love the spiciness. I love, I love the willingness to go out on the ledge. And look, again, we saw the Sixers. Again, clearly, Boston was clearly a better team the other night, like on, on opening night. And you mentioned the bench. Sixers bench had 11 points. Matisse Seibel played an entire 24 seconds more than me and you. And Boston bench was anchored by Malcolm Brogdon and Grant Williams. They had 34 bench points. They didn't even put it. I don't even think Peyton Pritchard played. They didn't have Robert Williams. Like they clearly. No, Vonley. No, yeah. Vonley. No, <laughs> yeah. they were no. the Sixers. No, but see, this is where I think, like, I don't know, mm-hmm. like, the they were tracking out Noah Vonley. And he was in China last year, literally. Like, I don't know. Like, Roy, you asked me, dude, there's until they get a Jason, like, you know the difference between the Celtics and the, and the Sixers? Celtics have Jason Tatum, the Sixers don't. <laughs> Simple as that. Like, I, I mean, like, like you don't, like, and I, I people have, people are crossing every, every finger and toe they have, hoping that James Harden, like, James Harden turns into, like, I don't know, some fraction of what he was two, three years ago. Doesn't matter. Like, you don't have a guy that could go, that, that could create, in the perimeter during crunch time or like that. And like, I don't know, like, and him having the ball so much, I'm not sure how great of an idea that is. If he's not this elite shot creator anymore, how much do you want the ball in his hands? Like, I don't know, like in a playoff series, like, I don't know, like, that's why I feel like, I don't know, like you might need Tyrese Maxey to be that like one B shot creator. I don't know if it'll happen, but you need, you need something else, and and I and I don't know like if this is a hot take or not, man. You need more from Joel. Like I'm tired of like of the surliness, the occasional like I don't know, just not being up for a game. Like he like he, he's a franchise player, man. And and we we people worship this dude. He's got he's got to give you more. He's got to give you more big games. And and like I don't know, frankly, his playoff record sucks. And, like, I don't know, he has a lot to do with his playoff record not being good. Sorry for the hot take, but it, I, I mean, like, I feel like Joel's very, he's borderline untouchable in this, in, in Philly. Like, I don't know, like, it, it, especially online. If you see people rip at me, they'll be like, oh, we're, you don't know ball, da 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 da, some annoying online phrase. I don't know, like, I don't know, like, you need your best players. Like, I don't know, like, Jason Tatum's leaped him. Like, I don't know where Embiid has been the better player for a long time, but, like, you saw that game one, Jason Tatum took the hell over. He said, you know what? We're not playing around anymore. I'm going to get the rock. I'm just going to score a ton of points, and the game's going to be over. And we need Joel. We need Joel or someone to do that on that level consistently in big games. All right. Well, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And my thing is – We've seen this movie before with just about every Sixer that was of note in our lifetimes. We saw it with Chuck near the end when he realized that they were, the Sixers were happy to not pay Rick Mahorn. We saw it when AI and Chris Weber coming down the stretch. We saw it with that fraud of the individual known as Andre Iguodala. You know, that that's my hate. That's my hater one on one. That's my I, I should, I should, yeah, I should have remembered. I'm right. I'm Brett right. I'm Brett Hart when it comes to Andre Iguodala. That bulldog yeah. mouth so and so is Bill Goldberg. Anyway, regardless, <laughs> we are seeing this with Joel now. It seems like Joel, you know, he I said it I said it Tuesday night. He lays around that miserable pass that he threw that Tatum took in for a dunk. Yeah. That can't happen. That cannot no. happen your franchise. In a statement game against your arch rival that you have not beaten, barely, you've barely beaten since you've been there. Like, I don't know. The Celtics, it's not a rivalry. The, the Celtics stomp the Sixers, what, six, like, every four out of five times? Like, I don't know. Like, it's, and, like, I don't, like, I feel like it really comes back to the, the philosophy of can you get, can you win big in the NBA with a big man as, as, as like, your number one option? I don't, it's, it's, and I know that the Nuggets have Jokic, but I feel like, I don't know, you need that super elite perimeter player. And I know James Harden had a nice turn back the clock game, but I don't think that was super, like, if that's turning back the clock, the Sixers are screwed. <laughs> because, like, I don't, like, I don't think, like, that, even that James Harden, he wasn't overly efficient. And 
I don't Roy. I don't Roy and Chris. I don't seem think he scares anyone anymore. He might put up number like it's it, like like teams aren't like terrified of let's throw six. Remember when like teams used to throw guys at James Harden, multiple guys. They're they're willing to like let let James Harden slow ass like I don't know put it through his legs like I don't know survey. He'll either shoot. He's barely getting by guys. Like I I feel like and, and I understand this is the this was the only path you had James Harden. You had to go for it, but. Is it possible for one of these other dudes to step up? Tyrese, Tobias, I don't know. Well, all right, let me push back on Harden thing, because I, I, I think Harden had a pretty decent game last night, or the other night, and I'll say this, James Harden, again, small sample size theater. I'm not going to say this is the James Harden you're going to get for 82 games. But if you get this James Harden or a 85% of this James Harden, that should be enough if your center, Joel Embiid, plays the way he's supposed to play. This dude is one. He's the most dominant big man in the league. The man's shooting six threes. He's spending a ton of time above the break. It's like, bro, get on the get on the block, man. Like you got Noah Vaughn. No, he yeah, you, no, Roy. No, I agree. He spent way too much time at the elbow or on the wing. Right. Like, I don't know, trying to like dribble and draw fouls. I'm like, no, they have Noah Vonley. And but and, and this isn't a doc thing. That's a that's a Joel thing. Like, I don't know. You have to say, you know what? Let me embarrass this dude. No Vinelay or uh, like they they were throwing out it don't matter. yeah it, like they were throwing out bums yeah, like I live like they their backup bigs were Blake Griffin and No Vinelay you should have and like Horford had two fouls quick you should have punished them but of course like this is where I think like I don't know like and and really like I don't know because I think because the other parts of the team have been in such disarray that like people kind of. Pass like bypass any faults that Joel might have. That's it. That I'm, I'm done with that, man. Like I don't know. Like you need to set. Like if you're this leader, and like I don't know. I'm tired of like seeing stats and like he's always he's always bitching about. Oh man, I didn't win MVP this year. Do you know what, man? Make it so they ha- they they have to give you the champ like the MVP. Like I don't know. Like you need to like no as, as that first game. It was it was only one game. I get it, but. Joel's got to be better, and like I don't know, like if, if that means like he needs to like, like I don't know, take a game here and there where we get for all the games that Joel plays, he's a Joel. We're not getting because I'm I'm tired of seeing these games where like he just starts out just just completely lethargic, lackadaisical, and then he turns it around. No, does Giannis does Giannis start out half-assed in the first half? No, we need no. You need 100% Joel and be almost all the time. I, look, I don't disagree with any of that. I will, I won't, let me just say one thing, and then we'll move on. I think the bigger problem in all this is the defense. Because this, this defense, oh. as we all know, this is a wing league. And, Chris, I don't know which which one of you, Chris, has said it. That team on the other side of the court had Jason Tatum. If you ain't got nobody to check Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum's going to score 35 or 40 whenever he wants to. And that's just a game. Like, there's nothing you could do about it. Like, the Sixers' best defender, starting defender, who ain't Joel Embiid, is P.J. Tucker. And he's, like, 30. 36, 37 years old. Their second best defender, again, not 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 starting, but on, you know, just on the bench, is Matisse Seibel. He played 24 seconds. Where is this? Like, how are they going to stop anybody in this league? Like, I don't know how they're going to stop teams who score 115 points a game. I just don't see it because Harden ain't going to do it. Max ain't going to do it. Tobias ain't going to do it. So unless these dudes like score 120 every game, I don't know how they're going to stop these other teams who have really good wing players. Like, that's my question. I don't know where that's coming from. Maybe you guys know. I don't know, but but there is one. No, guy. no, oh, oh no, sorry, Roy. Like, oh no, just like I feel like I'm interested to see what kind of what I what type of identity the Sixers team has. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like they're going to be forced to be an offensive team because I think so. God bless Harden and Maxi. They're not they're not good defensive players, and I don't think it's a lot of effort. I just think they're just like I mean, just not a, like they don't have the build. Like, I don't know. Like, Maxi's small. Like, I don't know. Like. And it comes back to the Celtics. I hate to say it, man. Like, I don't know. Like, you don't have anything to combat Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, period. And their best defensive players are the perimeter players. Smart. Jalen. Like, I don't know. Like, they're locking our guys down. And we don't have guys to lock their guys down. That's a pretty simple formula. I did see, I was flipping through League Passes Free this week. I was flipping through the channels the other day. I did see an elite defensive player make his regular season debut for the Nets. I'm going to read a stat line. I'm going to, I'm going to see if you guys can guess who this guy is. He has a, the highest basketball IQ ever. If you just ask him, 
Because if you ask him, he will gladly tell you he has the highest basketball IQ known to man. 23 minutes, four points, five rebounds, five assists, negative 26 in the box score. After the game, he said, quote, I think I was just too excited, honestly. Mr. Stevens, who might that elite defensive player for the Brooklyn Nets be? Great Barrier Reef Patrick Beverly. <laughs> Otherwise yes, known as Benjamin yes. David Simmons. Yes, yes. Elite, elite IQ. Elite. Four points, five rebounds, five assists, negative 26. Fouled out. You were, I, I, let me just ask you the general question. And again, I don't, I, I'll probably get another no, but maybe, uh, maybe I'll kind of rephrase this. No, I'll just, I'll just ask the question. Is there, I mean, is there, can that big, quote unquote, big three, air quote, big three, can that big three in, in Brooklyn work? Is there a way that this can work? No. I don't quite see it. No, no. I, I feel <laughs> like, I don't know. You got to ask the same question you asked the Sixers. Can they defend? The answer is no. I think they're, they're they're terrible defense. Them, them, them two do. Well, I mean, Seth, Seth Curry, but he's Seth Curry. But no, I feel ben, like ben I don't doesn't know, need like, the they ball. Don't. So, like, I would think that Ben with guys who need the ball would be good, right, CJ? Like, am I like, – that's usually how the game of basketball works. You know, you got to put the ball in the hole. And if you're not going to put the ball in the hole, then you're really just out there doing cardio. And Ben Simmons right now is the Roger Bannister, the four-minute mile, four <laughs> miler of the National Basketball Association. Like, you know, and, and Steve Nash, like, I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, put this out there. You know, this is going to be corny, but it fits. When the SpongeBob episode where Squidward got fired for stealing down from Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob took Squidward in and Squidward just laid in his bed all day, wouldn't get up and look for a job and all of that. And SpongeBob kept talking to Gary about, you know, he just needs to get back on his feet. Steve Nat, and by the time the end of the episode, SpongeBob is fed up and Gary's like remind him. And SpongeBob's like, I know he's not looking for a job. Don't rub it in. That's how Steve Nash is going to feel by about the all-star break when Ben Simmons is still putting up quadruple singles. <laughs> It's a very sad state, sad state of affairs in Brooklyn. Uh, but again, I, I was told by Stephen A. Smith that the Sixers got hosed in that deal. And, and, and so. it was going to be an all-star, Roy, an all-star, an all, an NBA. All, like I mean, this is why people cannot take the NBA NBA analysts seriously because because they say stuff like that. Like I don't know, like they and and he said they're they're going to make the fight. Like if you, look, I feel like I don't know. Just a lot of NBA media just look at the names and they don't. Look at any sort of fit. Who's good? Who what? What kind of players do the Nets have other than Kyrie and KD? Nick Claxton? Seth Curry was a, was a decent little. Joe story, Harris. Leg is going to fall hurt. off the next yeah. time he plays basketball. This is like I, I mean, like I'm interested to see because, like, I don't know that. Eat like people keep saying, like, I don't like. I I want to see what teams kind of like. I don't know. Make like I don't know. Just kind of move up the rankings versus where they expected like the Raptors. I don't think anyone's taking the Raptors seriously again. I feel like they're a team that that's always lurking because they play hard, got young players. They don't have any they don't have an elite score, but hell, they may like hell for the Sixers for a minute in the playoffs. Yeah, no, the Raptors are yeah, like you said, they don't have an elite score, but they have a, they have like four or five guys who can get you 20 just about every night. So, they're going to be like you know, I don't see fun to watch, but they'll they'll be a spicy team in the Eastern Conference, but again, we all know the class of the East, Boston and Milwaukee. Are, are, are the better two teams or the best? How two teams frustrating is it that the Boston Celtics just own own the Sixers? Like I don't know, like they're not even. It's not like when you look at it, like they, they have a depleted bench. Like I don't know, Robert Williams is out for like three months, and the Sixers still couldn't get an upper hand on them. It's frustrating, man. No, it, it no, it definitely is. Um, but hopefully, as Philadelphia fans, we can find some solace in the fact that our Phillies have made the playoffs for the first time. In 11 years, Phillies, Padres, as of recording this, the series is tied 1-1. One, one. Um, one team will be up 2-1 to one by the time you hear this for the first time. Games this weekend, Saturday, uh, 7.45 p.m., game four. Sunday, game five at 2.37. Uh, for Saturday game is 7.45. Sunday game is at 2.37. Um, Chris, again, you're a longtime baseball Chris Stevens, you're a longtime baseball fan. Let me ask you the question. Phillies got a shot in this, in this series? I still think that they win it. I don't think it's okay. going to be a clean, a clean sweep at CBP as everybody's predicting, but I do feel like this team, I don't see San Diego winning more than one game in CBP. And mm. even going back to the West coast, I still feel like the Phillies have the upper hand because the bats that are starting to wake up are the ones that you need to wake up. Bryce Harper has been tremendous. 
Kyle Schwarber hit a home run that still is probably circling the Gulf of Mexico as we speak. <laughs> At this point, I just don't see the Padres' strength. I mean, yes, they got to Aaron Nola, and we'll probably talk about him in a minute. Yes, the Padres got to Aaron Nola and Brad Hand on Thursday, but at the same time, I don't see that offense stringing together another six or seven run game. They just don't look that efficient to me. And the Phillies, the back end of the Phillies bullpen is their strength. Strengthening Dominguez, Jose Alvarado, Zach Eflin, they got the T-shirts now. Strike one, strike two, good luck. If the Phillies can't get to those three with a lead, Padres aren't catching up. So I'm going to go ahead and just say the Phillies are going to take it in six and they will likely play the Houston Astros in the World Series. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I, I want to talk some more baseball, but we, we only have a couple minutes. And again, you are a, a wrestling aficionado. Haven't had you on the show in the past couple for the past couple of months. So I do want to ask you before we get out of here, I'll just put the general question out there. We got two minutes or so. Again, so take your time. You're a wrestling aficionado. You've seen what's happened in WWE since the, uh, since the Vincent Kennedy McMahon situation went down. What's the singular best thing, I guess, if you can encapsulate it? What's the best thing that's happened since your boy Paul Levesque has taken over the reins of WWE? Freedom. That's the, <laughs> best, that's the best word that I can describe it to everybody. It just feels lighter. And Vince, to his credit, built this thing over 40 years of blood, sweat, tears, and hush money. But every every dog has his day. And, you know, Triple H, and it's interesting because Triple H was always known as the guy that buried other talent for the longest time. So to see him kind of become the daddy warbucks of professional wrestling is just <laughs> quite the face turn. But it works. Look at what we have now. We have Bianca Belair as the most dominant woman and probably a top five overall wrestler, not just as a woman, a top five overall wrestler in the world. Yep. We have Roman Reigns, who is giving us the old school territorial champion where I'm going to come in here. I'm going to talk my trash. I'm going to be the best looking dude in the building. You're going to hate me, but I'm still going to walk out of here with these two belts over my shoulder. We had man, that man. Sorry. Sorry, Chris. That is a hell of a comparison because that's true. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think a lot of people are like, I don't know. A lot of people are getting hung up. Oh, there's only like, I don't know. One champion da, da, da. for the longest time. Champions haven't felt important. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Roman Reigns feels important. And, like, I don't know. But, like, that – but I think only having one champion means your writers have to – have to think have, – have to be – have to be under game a little more. To write not – but I think this is what WWE was suffering from for a long time, was making compelling non-title storyline. They've done that out of necessity because they only have one champion who's part-time. Like, I feel like – I don't know. The Roman Reigns part-time thing has – has led and divided with the Vince leaving. But like you said, Chris, it feels light. WWE just feels fun. Like, I don't know. Like, I, and like, it's noticeable with the broadcasting, with just like, I don't know, reference. Like, I, I mean, like, they're referencing Carl Anderson being a champion in Japan. Vince right now is, is stroking out hearing this. Like, I don't know. You have, he has to be losing his mind because they have, they, they have, they have removed all these taboo sayings like i don't know like michael cole referencing gcw or like el generico it, it's wonderful yeah and th just the one last thing and the the, the linchpin in all of this the key the link in the chain mm -hmm. that we'll get out of here on this note Wyndham lawrence rotunda yeah. is back and he is back, going baby. to be as demonic as diabolical as twisted and sick as PG-14 television will allow. Like, <laughs> even the mask that he's using now. Brandon, I thought the Fiend mask was probably the greatest mask of all time. I'm still trying to find one to hand out for Halloween, you know, give kids candy in a, in a Fiend mask. Tough sell. But if you've anybody knows one, find me. Just let me know. CJ writes and things. But even the mask that he has now in the uh, vi vignettes is terrifying. So whatever this new version of Bray is going to be, I'm looking forward to it because he's actually going to get to see it through because Triple H is going to let him see it yeah. through. So, yeah, 100%. WWE, more fun, more light, AEW. They got the real housewives of CM Punk and the Young Bucks and all of that. It's about to be a wrap for AEW. I don't see them lasting <laughs> too much longer. So, yeah, WWE, back on top where they always been. Brayfield's wide is back, but we have to get out of here. But before we get out of here, as we always do, Chris, first of all, thank you for joining us. But, again, let the folks out there know what you're up to, You know how they follow you on Twitter, and how they can check out your – we still have 11 books, right? 11 books so far? Yes, 11. Okay, all right. 
All right. So first of all, you can find me on Twitter at CJ Writes and Things. That's C-J-W-R-I-T-E-S, the letter N-T-H-A-N-G-S. I'm an agreeable sort. We can chat about music. We chat about sports. You can help defend me against Roy Burton's uh, prosecution of my tweets if you so desire. Um, also, <laughs> you can uh, check out my books at Amazon. I, I self-publish uh, Black Fiction. It's Amazon.com forward slash Chris Stevens Wright, C-H-R-I-S-S-T-E-V-E-N-S-W-R-I-T-E-S. I also have relaunched my personal podcast, which is called Get Right to It. And yes, it's spelled as the word right is in a verb. It's anchor.fm forward slash G-E-T-W-R-I-T-E-T-O-I-T. And that's where you can find me. Again, so please do, your, do yourself a favor. Check out Chris on Twitter. Check out his podcast. Check out his books. As always, man, we enjoy having you as a third man. Anytime, you're always welcome on the show. We appreciate it, my friend. Thank you guys for having me as always. It is always fun to be with y'all. And that is it for us this week on 106.5 FM, WPPM LP Philadelphia. Again, please do a solid and check out ppmfest.org. Mr. Domingo, take us out, please. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you guys. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.